Hello and welcome to Business Without Bullshit. I am Andy Ori and alongside me is my co-host Pippa Sturtz. Hi Andy. And today we are joined by Farah Nanji. Farah is a London-born DJ, a producer, a podcaster, a public speaker, span a wide range of interests for producing and playing music all over the world to hosting TED Talks and having our own podcast. So how you doing? Great to have you on the podcast. So we always like to um, start with an initial question, which is uh, what's keeping you up at night? Making music. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm most creative at night. So, you know, I just can't help myself. <laughs> I've got my studio in my room, so I just, I just gravitate to it. And what's your primary business? Primary business? Um, honestly, they're, they're equal split. Podcasting. I run a podcast agency, a major sports events company, and then obviously the DJ thing, which, which is like running a business. And a podcast agency in terms of? Uh, in terms of basically producing content for brands. So okay. that, that was actually born out of the pandemic. So it's my sort of my latest one, but it's it's doing quite well. So yeah, yeah, pandemic killed music and motorsport for, for a couple of years, you know, so... Um, but motorsport entirely stopped as well. In the it? pandemic, yes. Yeah, unfortunately, it just wasn't feasible for I us. I hear they're doing, um, London's going to do a Formula One. Do you know this? They say that, but I think it will always stay at Silverstone. It's part of the British. No, they're going to do both. They'll do both. Well, I've met the people involved in it, and it, it, it is public. I think you could look up PR articles. They've got it's out by um, East London. They've got all the rights to do it. I mean, it'll take a few years to put together. So, what, tell us about this motorsport business. What is this? So, basically, we explore leadership through motorsport. So, um, we look at the fundamental, like peak performance. What kinds of motorsport? Any motorsport? It, we explore all different avenues. So, our events could be rallying. It could be for by four it could be karting it could be single seaters but the whole ethos is motorbikes yeah motorbikes um but really can we can we take you know a section of peak performance or sustainability managing risk you know trans digital transformation so kind of looking at how the pinnacle of our, of our sport does it and, and really bringing that to a, a wider audience who you know maybe aren't going to be racing cars every day give us an example give an example um so for example blind driving with land rover that always gets you know people excited it's that what, really tests blind people driving no, no, land you, rovers you're you're blindfolded and you're driving a car a land rover in a controlled space obviously it's got thousands of hectares of land and it's operated by Land Rover, so it's you know it's been purpose built. But you'll be going through like deep water; you can't see your your navi your co pilot is telling you like turn left by like five. What is this? This is a sort of a, a leadership training for the individual driving. It's for the com our community. So our community comes the the, the what the motorsport community. The community that's basically members of this of this racing club. So there are people who love cars. Uh, they geek out on F1. Some of them might be racing themselves. They just love. They just love cars. What, what, what's the aim of blindfolding someone? So that's more to really test your, you know, your trust with your co-pilot, your confidence in the person that's with you, saying, "Turn fucking right now." So it's leadership in motorsport. No leadership through motorsport. So you you look at how does, for example, if we go to an F1 factory, we have a, a, t a talk by a peak performance coach or a workshop. And our community, a lot of them are entrepreneurs, founders, or they're, you know, C-suites, executives. And they're they're looking to kind of, you know, learn more and challenge themselves and, and get out of their sort of comfort zone and think differently and, and also be connected to a community of people that, you know, are like similar things. So they're having a good day, but they're also like sort of, you know, leadership training. Exactly, yeah. So there's, there's always a takeaway because there's a lot of companies that do, you know, like kind of what you said, but for us... Our demographic of individuals, they are su super into, you know, entrepreneurship. And the racing club is how many people? Um, it's a small, it's like under 200 people. And is it quite a kind of mixed 
aren't. I mean, how does it divide between men and women? Yeah, it's actually got more women um, than the average statistic, just A, because I'm running it, B, because there's a huge interest, you know, in motorsport for females, but it hasn't maybe, maybe like me running it is like keeping a very safe environment. It's I'm very particular about who comes into the club. We're very international um, community because we have a partnership, um, an informal partnership with the business school I went to in, in Regent's Park. And um, the students there are like 90% from different countries. So, you know, you end up leaving with friends from all different parts of the world who who like cars. So, you you know, I've been to Kenya and I've been, you know, rallying in Kenya with my Kenyan friends who are out there or you go to Norway and it's more like ice driving, you go to Japan, it's drifting. So it's really cool because, you know, we all travel a lot and you can leave with, you know, some really cool friends in different parts. So it's a lovely club, but what's the leadership bit? The leadership bit is like, okay, if if you could take, you know, how could a Formula One driver and a team think? Like, how do they do things at... Oh, so looking at motorsport as inspiration. Exactly. To run your businesses from, or to, to, to you know, and it is, is motorsport a good inspiration? It seems a very one man, you know, one Go woman. Go fast, don't break. Yeah, it's just like, there's usually one person, there's a team behind it going, fucking hell, don't do that, Gary, you know, whatever. It, 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 it's, um, is that, do you find that a good representative of business? Yeah, absolutely. There's, a, there's definitely a public perception um but when you get under the scenes and you work in the industry i mean it's you you don't work in formula one if you're average you know you're top of the top whether that's marketing whether that's engineering graphic design hospitality like you are the best of the best and so how do you motivate that workforce to stay um you know to stay competitive to be at their top of their game to work across 22 different time zones which you know a lot of business leaders face the same problem like how do we attract and retain top level talent how do we you know, uh, not burn out while working on the road. How do we operate under a global and media what is, scrutiny? What are some then? of the answers? Do you think what are, What are the motorsport things that you've you've seen a uh, 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 good uh, lessons for us in the rest of the world? I think there's a relentless pursuit of perfection and also uncovering like marginal gains and being like obsessive about that. So when you see a race, a lot of the times those drivers, even if they win a race, they go back to the debrief room and they're debriefing in there for hours. They're not sitting there drinking champagne and celebrating till five in the morning. You know, I'm sure they'll celebrate, of course, but the first thing that they do is they 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 remember everything that, that you know, could have or maybe went wrong. And I think it's like really kind of getting comfortable with like, you know, uncovering like that level of performance means getting uncomfortable and, you know, facing these things head on. It also means understanding how to manage risk. So you don't take a corner like flat out at 100 whatever miles an hour. You you have data, you have you've also pushed yourself to find that to find that limit and sometimes you know there's a fear of failure but in formula 1, you know, or motorsport, fa- failure means innovation. That means like you know if you if you fail then you know what you can do better. And sometimes people are very afraid to fail because that culture is in there in their workforce. I think, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of truth. You know, certainly we we, we share something which is uh, you know hanging around the music world. And I think um, just making music with other musicians taught me the whole like you've got to have feedback. And actually, people give very little feedback, but it's either good or it's not. In business, there is a sort of everything's candy sugar coated all the time. You know, feedback is. Hard to give feedback, you know, and it's it's not often done. And there's a lot. This is huge movement over the last 10, 20 years. I have clients who do it, you know, who do this sort of psychological analysis of leadership because it sort of breaks down to these, you know, certain things. And you know that 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 you you basically need a bit of self awareness, and then you can kind of say, well, here you are on the graph. And great leaders seem to have these qualities. And so Formula One or music, these areas, you know, they're often full of you know a lot of the most extreme people or extreme extreme intelligence i guess so 
you know, Formula One's this weird little world, isn't it? It's this whole little par- paradigm of sort of extremists. Okay, so cool. We worked out that. I mean, is there any of these things that you enjoy more than others? No, I get asked that question all the time. And is my yin and yang? Music is yin, uh, motorsport is yang. It's... One can't live without the other. What podcast? Podcast is the is a is a, is a media marketing kind of tool, right? Yin yang and bang. <laughs> what do you find yourself doing most of? Honestly, I've split it into one third, one third, one third. That's literally just how I've designed, you know, managed to design it. There were moments where I was more in one, more in another. Do you think, uh, from what you've seen in Formula One, it would suggest you have you should focus, like you should? I'm not. The modern thing is everyone does three things. You know, fuck, I don't know how many things I do, but you know, do you feel if I'm really going to be good at it? No, because I did do music full time for a long time and I realized I need I need other things to stimulate me I need other I need to I can't I can't just be like in that world for the 24 7 it's very intense that lifestyle and I and the things that I want now and music are different to what I wanted in my early 20s you know um, when I was doing it full-time and motorsport um yeah one could argue if I was just doing it full-time but you know I, I grew up I don't like thinking you know Richard Branson was a great inspiration because he had you know, he's in more than three industries, you know, probably like 30, 40, and he was doing well in all of them. So you look at someone like him and uh, and in the end, it comes down to having a good team. That's that's what it cut. You, you, if you want to do all of these things, you, you need to have as, you, as a team, like that's paramount. And the business side of the, the motor business, therefore, would be what? Yeah, so we have two different, we have two separate arms. We have our community, which is our members club very private, very uh, curated network, events driven. We'll do seven events a year. We'll also do a leadership retreat somewhere around the world. And that's amazing. But I think our real next stage is going into the corporate market. So doing these corporate retreats for companies. Um, I'd been planning that for a few years before the pandemic and we were just about to launch when the pandemic happened. So it's not the big priority right now to go for that right this minute because other things are going on like the podcast agency for example but that would be the next stage of growth and evolution for the business to to enter the corporate market you know so you'd be taking a a team from a company rather than you know people who are from all different parts that makes sense because that sounds like something that you could get investment for yeah 100 percent. you know that that people would be interested in taking a stake off definitely definitely and we there are as like not that many companies doing doing this, like exactly what I've said. So, so. these events, do you do some DJing and also do a podcast? Of course, yeah, like yeah. Like I've, DJed for, I've DJed for motorsport brands, DJed at Goodwood Festival Speed, DJed at Formula One events, you know, sample the sound of cars, you know. Oh, that's um, quite cool. Obviously curate all the music of the road trips, you know, like it's, it's just weaved through like the whole way, so. Excellent. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Business Without Bullshit is brought to you by Ori Clark, straight-talking financial and legal advice since 1935. You can find us at oriclark.com. What do you think is bullshit in business? Yeah, if I should speak from the lens of music, um, I think streaming is an absolute joke. I just think the way the music industry has been killed, you know, um, decimated, and the way that fans, they idolize musicians, like people will become obsessive, they... Being with a DJ is so cool, like all this stuff, but then not willing to pay one pound to buy a song. But just could I break down the, the philosophy? So as a technology, just purely as a technology, forgetting about the financial basis, a way for people to get their music and access music, you think that's bad? 
No, I think, yeah, obviously being able to go on your phone and and play, have a catalogue of music is great. Obviously, there is a debate about the sustainability of that, but that we can leave that for, for another time. So let's forget the energy one so for a minute. The so money the, one? the accessible, yeah, the money, because the money that gets made to Spotify does not get, I mean, you need one million streams to make a thousand pounds. I get that. I get that. But Spotify's losing money. They're still not making money. Yeah, because they're spending millions on sponsoring football teams and doing other things. Well, they're just they're building a business. What I'm saying is Spotify, the, the idea that Spotify, are sitting, are like, we've got all this money. They don't. It's funded by venture capital. Yeah, but they do have money and they don't pay, pay, pay artists fairly. I mean, that's just, everyone knows that like Spotify has killed the music industry because in a way it's sort of like, it's just this mindset, like we just don't want to pay for music. I don't think it's fair to say that Spotify, I think the music industry has changed and it became free quite a while ago. It Napster, did, of course. Before that, it became yeah, free. And, and it's beautiful when it, in a way that it became free. But there's a real problem then about earning money from it. But that's just a change in, in an industry. No, because like before people used to pay for music, right? So if- There were also a lot less artists. There's actually a lot more artists than there were back in the day because the accessibility to make music is we can yeah. make that on our phone which is great but the same time trust me like the you know the streaming aspect of it has taken away this mindset that you know we should pay anything for music we just want it for free we don't care how we get it we don't care about the quality we just want it for free meanwhile I, i'm happy to pay 300 pounds to see you know adele in concert or whatever but i'm not happy to buy her music i'm not happy to support that and it's created this huge it's a too extreme end of the spectrum like there should be a better business model for Spotify. They do have money. They pay their employees a ridiculous amount of money. You know, just because they're not publicly making money on a balance sheet, that doesn't mean they're not taking in a ridiculous amount of money. Where they're spending that is a different question. How they're paying artists is a very questionable, you know, that it just puts too much pressure on performance. And when something like COVID comes along, you don't have performance. And it's also maybe artists don't want to tour on that scale to make money. Like it's unhealthy to be touring 300 days out of a year. Like, not all artists want that lifestyle and the, and the fact that you know there should be a way to to make money through your through your streams like it sort of sounds like and you could spin this out to anything it's a bit like you know people buying clothes from certain shops that cost because they cost three pounds yeah when somewhere else they'll cost 30 sure and they're just thinking this is great this is really cheap and not appreciating mm. that it's because it's been made in a sweatshop in wherever sounds to me like you're kind of making an argument for sustainable music yeah in the same way as sustainable fashion or sustainable anything else yeah i mean look a big artists have also tried to go against the platform but in the end the platform always wins because they have visibility and this is the biggest thing so whether that's changing the pricing model what what is it you know who knows but at the end of the day the facts remain that to make even a thousand pounds in one year of which probably 50 percent is going to the label you know you need to have a million streams and not not all music is 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 at that mass market level so like it's quite hard you know to to hit that benchmark the, the thing is everybody wants to be a musician Everybody. I so don't Maybe want to be don't. a musician. Okay, a lot of people want to be rock stars. I lot. have never in my entire life ever I wanted mean, to I be a rock star. I mean, I have this like, basic theory. If you said you get paid <laughs> per hour based on the job, working in the sewers, 200 quid an hour. It's got to be 200 quid an hour fucking down in the sewers. I mean, that is a shit job, yeah? And, and like, you know, it's like, fuck, I've need some money. Why don't you go down and work in the sewers, mate? You're right. I'm going to go do the sewers, yeah? Now, Doing music, performing live, recording music, these are some of the most enjoyable things I've ever experienced in my life, yeah? And therefore, I probably should get paid a penny an hour. 
In fact, you should pay us, I think. I should pay us. There was a golden era when CDs and things were being sold. I think I think my, my point I'm trying to get to is things have changed and it's bad at the moment if you want to earn money out of music, yeah? It's really fucked up. Yes, yeah, really Really difficult. fucked up. But people haven't stopped making music. And I don't know if you have a solution because solutions are there. You know, there's people who are making money, whether it be through merch or band camp or tours, they're finding ways They're you know, um, getting sponsored, you know, it, it, it's, and America and Britain are quite unusual that we don't really, we have the arts council and stuff, but basically brutally, you have to find a way to make it make money if you want to make it a bit. You you have to work it out. And all these artists still appear and they still work out how to do it with social media, often with little money. Um, and they, they fucking work it out somehow. And that's the system here. It's not France where they go, oh, you're a good musician, here's 50 grand a year. So it's brutal. The system's brutal. I don't think it's Spotify. I think Spotify had a brilliant product, like Amazon had a brilliant product. But, you know, it's not, you can't sort of, we just like online shopping. We just like getting our music that way. So my problem is, is that everybody wants to earn money out of music and everyone wants to do it. And it's a really nice thing to do. Well, when something is like that, it's going to be fucking tough. But my other example, my simple example, an accountant, anyone can be an accountant. I'm an accountant. Anyone who works hard, you don't even need to be that bright, can be an accountant. And you could be a shit accountant. And you can still have a good living. You can still have a good living. So I feel your passion about it. I know this is the correct view. I know that's what everyone's saying. Everyone's saying, fucking, it's ridiculous, Spotify, and musicians are suffering badly, and some of them are good friends of mine. But... I just, I just think things are evolving. People are finding ways. Do, do I think that it's bad that music is free when it gives so much happiness? And, and I make music regardless whether you pay me or not, you know? Look, you know, I, you know, it's part of it. Like today, being a musician, a very small part of it is actually being a musician. The rest of it is running a business, like doing marketing, doing social media, knowing it's your, always your be, accounts. It's, I mean, that's the joke of the music, the glamour of the music industry, stuffing envelopes, yeah. doing social media, <laughs> you know. I mean, and it's this, it's this frustration of jobs. And a common theme will be, I think we all find ourselves saying, and we probably say it even as prefer, I just want to do my job. You know, I yeah. just want to do the bit I like. But that and, is and, the and, job. And every yeah. job, it's like 99 bullshit. One bit a good bit, you know. Yeah, well, to be honest, it's a bit more accountancy is really difficult. And then I do all this admin. But in music, it's very like, you know, think about how much fucking around there is to get a gig or something. And then to get there and then it cancels or something. I know. That to actually get people to listen to your music, you know, is difficult. You know, it's it's like, oh, can I look you up on Instagram first? What's your image? Right. That's the world we live in today. So if you do want to be a musician, yes, you have to get on with it in that mind, in that set, in that sense. But I do think, you know, the, just the way that there, the, the distribution of money is is extremely uneven and it's extremely yeah. unfair. And it, and it shouldn't be that way because music is making a lot of money. It's just where it's distributed and how it's distributed is very questionable. Okay, so this is where we're going to ask you a list of questions to get to know you a little better. You have about five to ten seconds per question. You don't have to stick to that. Yes, you do have to stick to that. She does not have to you stick to that. We've been beginning strict okay. on that. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Don't start giving the leeway. I mean, you know, <laughs> 15 seconds might be all right. Antonia, cue the music. Of course, that's our weird. Produce, not our producer has uh, got his uh, right-hand man here today. Uh, very good. And we're off. What was your first job? It was, funnily enough, an internship at Gunmore 3000, which is a luxury sort of road trip company. They drive around the world in 3,000 miles in seven days. That sounds like a great job. It's a great job. What was your worst job? I'm lucky to say I've actually never had a worst job because I've honestly started my businesses quite young as well. So I sort of, I've had some difficult bosses, there's no doubt, but 
Never really done anything I didn't like, to be honest. Oh, that's desperately disappointing. Favourite subjects at school? Um, history and e- or economics, one of the two. Okay. Yep. What did you want to be when you grew up? Funnily enough, I actually wanted to be a lawyer when I was growing up. All the best people, God. But that, you know late. what? It was innocence. Never it was thinking. Late. No, it's, it's definitely not my cup of tea. But I, the innocence was thinking that it's all for defending people who are like good. But then I didn't realise mm. that the bad people also need lawyers. <laughs> I was about to say all the best people do, and then realised that when I was growing up, I did not want to be a lawyer. Yeah, that was the common reason. It's it's like the American version of like you know being a lawyer to protect it or to whatever. Protect people. But I mean, that's actually wanting to be a barrister. You know, mm. it's, it's so lost here. But really, what you're, you're signing up Five for seconds. is a lot of paperwork. You know, yeah. I Five just seconds. love paperwork. What's your go-to karaoke song? Um, I am not into karaoke, but if I did, maybe Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. Good song. Good song, obviously. <laughs> Office dogs. Business or bullshit. Well, why not? I mean, you know, why not? Yeah, business. I In mean. business. Yeah, okay. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Have you ever been fired? Nope. <laughs> these are very disappointing, these. You need Sorry. To- What's your vice? A chocolate. <laughs> chocolate, yeah. Too- I love chocolate way too much. So this is where we give you 30 seconds to pitch your company, your podcast, whatever you want. Off you go. 30 seconds. Uh, Yeah, just find me at dj.n1nja on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all that good stuff. If you want to come racing, it's at Regions Racing. And that's it. Nice. Brilliant. So there you have it, Farah. That was uh, fantastic. This has been this week's episode of Business Without Bullshit. Thank you, Pippa. Thank you, Antonio. And we'll be back with BWB Extra on Thursday. Until then, it's ciao. Thank you. Ciao, ciao.